The Bible Study Podcast, episode 458. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with chapter 26. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're on chapter 26. We got through halfway last time. I'm actually recording this from a hotel room in the city of Lutherstadt Wittenberg in Germany, actually, where the Protestant Reformation started. And perhaps we'll talk more about that later after my trip, but next year is the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. But that is not covered by Matthew. Matthew instead is covering Peter's denial here. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Peter is sure of his faith in Jesus. Peter is the one who has stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Peter is the one who has often spoken up, even if he didn't know what he was saying. And he is sure, he is just so sure that he would never, ever do this. But he will. And Jesus tells him that. And I think one of the reasons that Jesus probably tells him that is so that later on it's easier to restore Peter. That Jesus can tell him, I knew you would do this, and it's okay. I know that you're just human. I know that you were scared. Because all of what's going to happen here in just a little bit is going to be scary. Even though Jesus has been telling the disciples again and again what's going to happen, even for Jesus, we can see that this is frightening. And we see that here in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, here comes my betrayer. This is an important thing for us to understand is that Jesus, again, has been telling the disciples this is coming. Jesus came with his ministry with this in mind. He wasn't just coming to teach. He wasn't just coming to heal. He was coming to die in our place. But just because he was coming to die in our place doesn't mean it was going to be easy. This is Jesus who has God incarnate, but he is incarnate. He is a real body. He is going to be suffering real pain. And so he prays to his father, if there's any other way, 
if we can do this by better teaching, if we can do this by something else, if there's some other way to restore these people to us, then let's do that instead. And the implication here is either the father just doesn't listen to Jesus or this is the way. This is what Jesus has said. Jesus has said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If there had been any other way, if we could just be forgiven without the cost of Jesus' death, if we could just earn our way to God, if we could just do more good than evil, if there were many other religions that would all work, Jesus wouldn't have needed to go through with this night. And it continues, while he was still sleeping, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sit in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place, that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. This needed to happen. Jesus needed to be betrayed, and Jesus needed to be arrested. And then he gets tried. He gets tried in a kangaroo court. This is a court that is not legal. It's not supposed to happen this way, but this is what happens. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now that you have heard the blasphemy, what do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? And so Jesus comes at night before a secret court, not the way it's supposed to happen. And they haven't figured out what to charge him with ahead of time. This is the odd thing here is they've arrested him, what no particular charge, and now they're trying to figure out what charge can we make stick. And the point about two coming forward, he's not supposed to be found guilty on the testimony of one, but of two. It's part of the law that is made to make the law more righteous. 
And yet the only thing they can accuse him of is he told us he would destroy the temple and raise it up again. But they finally get Jesus to, in somewhat clear fashion, say that he is the Messiah. And in very clear fashion to say that you will see him sitting on the right hand of the mighty one of God. And that's all they need to say. Because either Jesus is who he claims he is, or he is blaspheming. And they decide that he is a blasphemer. And that, and for that, they decide that he deserves to die. And meanwhile, we get this story. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, he said. But he denied it before them. I don't know what you were talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Why does Matthew feel that this is a story that he needs to tell? Why does he need to tell the story in amongst the arrest of Jesus of Peter's denial? Why doesn't he pick on the other disciples other than Judas, of course? Why doesn't he say, you know, where are they? Peter is at least drawn close and is trying to figure out what's going on. But Peter denies Jesus three times, just as Jesus said he would. He didn't think he could. He didn't think he was that human. He didn't think he was that failable, but he was. All of the disciples didn't measure up with what they said they were going to do just earlier in the evening. They left Jesus on his own to be tried and to be executed. And despite that, as we'll see in next week's episode, Jesus did not leave them on their own. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project Podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.